Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. I want to say a great big thank you. I wish I could give each one of you a hug around your neck and say thank you for supporting us. Uh, we could not be in what we do without you. Um, one time I heard a story about a little girl that fell down in a well in Texas. And um, this little girl, she was going to die down there. And every time they got near the edge, there was, the, the, you know, it would cave off and go in on top of her. And so they said, how are we going to get down there? And so they had to build this great big crane. And, and one person said, I'll go. I'll go down, wrap a rope around me and lower me down there and I'll, I'll grab her. But I'm going to have to have somebody to hold the ropes. And that's what you guys do. You guys hold the ropes. Because we're willing to go, but we need support. And so I just want to say thank you. And we, like uh, Joy said, please pray for us. Get a prayer card and pray for us. And uh, also, pray for Spain. Spain, this last week, has just been rocked. And, uh, and you know, terrorism, it just, it changes um, they don't, they don't, here in the United States, when it seems like something can happen, and a week later, life is kind of back to normal a little bit. It doesn't happen that way in Spain. It really rocks the whole nation for a long time. So please pray for Barcelona, especially the Catalan people that are there. And uh, uh, the day it happened, um, I was on the phone uh, talking with people, the, the international, we have an international church. Barcelona, and uh, there's 700 people in that church, and uh, none of them were in were hurt, and I was so thankful. And uh, but uh, they were there; they were the first ones there at the hospital receiving people. And uh, so, you know, it opens up a lot of doors of opportunities. But but pray for the for the international churches, um, and so pray for pray for Spain. Um, we are, I want to talk to you this morning about, get my, about the power of Thanksgiving, power of Thanksgiving, but I couldn't go on without talking about your pastors for just a moment, okay? <laughs> yeah, I know, you'd let me go on and not say anything. But, uh, but I do want to say, uh, uh, known these people for a long time, and you folks are honored. You guys, you really, you really are honored. And uh, to, have, to have people of this caliber leading you and loving on you and directing you, disciplining you when it's needed, and, um, and encouraging you and blessing you. And so I just, I love you guys. And thank you very much for, for being behind us. And uh, so you guys are really blessed. Praise God. And I love that music this morning. And I tell you, I, come here, I came here last time when we were in a school. And I said, and they, they, you, guys, you know, they were up there singing. And I says, man, I wish I could take that team with me to Spain. <laughs> and now I'm here and I say, wow, I wish I could take that team with me to Portugal. So... But, uh, but you pray for that. God's going to give us a, God's going to raise up wonderful people. 
Praise God. Praise God. This morning, I want to talk to you for the next few moments about the power of thanksgiving. The power of thanksgiving. And, you know, today's world is always encouraging us to want more. Wherever you look, every time you turn on the TV, Facebook, whatever, social media, it's always about making us feel better about ourselves. And um, we are living in what I would call the me generation. And it's about what I deserve. It's about uh, have it your way, like the advertisement says. And, um, and meant much of this is influencing the church today in America and around the world because it's not just here in America, it's like that. But it's other places too. But it's affecting the church. And many times the message of the gospel, that philosophy, gets incorporated into the message of the gospel and so the gospel message becomes more me-centered and man-centered than God-centered and Jesus-centered. And, and the Bible really talks about the gospel being God-centered and Jesus-centered because there is a false gospel out there and we don't want to follow that, follow that do we? Paul talks about it. But but when's the last time you just stopped and you said, I don't want this to be about me. I want it to be about you, God. I just want to thank you. We need to thank God. Thank God for what we have and where he's brought us from. You know, it's all about his grace, folks. All about his love. We don't deserve what we have. We don't deserve the cross. We don't deserve heaven. We deserve, because we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, we all deserve hell. And we deserve to be there for all eternity. And so, we need to look up and just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. And it needs to be more than just a day of the year called Thanksgiving. But I'm talking about a lifestyle. It's something that we have to learn. And this is something that God has really been talking to me about this, this last term on the mission field. And today I want to talk to you about the power of thanksgiving. We have so many reasons to be thankful. Aren't you thankful for your salvation? Yes. Think about what Jesus Christ did on the cross. You know, we have a substitution. Jesus died in our place on the cross. And because of that, today we're justified. We have justification. We have regeneration. We have reconciliation. We have redemption. We have sanctification. We have propitiation. We have all of these wonderful doctrines because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. It's all because of what He did on the cross. Aren't you thankful for your salvation? Praise God. Aren't you thankful for the Word of God? You know, sometimes we take the Word of God so much for granted You know, if it wasn't for the Word of God, we would still be in the Dark Ages. We would still be back there in the Middle Ages. You know, it was the Bible that that helped people learn how to read. And people around, all around across Europe, beginning, and then it went around the world, people began to learn how to read because the the, the first thing that was ever printed on paper was the Bible. Man, we have, we have so many reasons to be thankful for the Word of God. 
And I'm thank, so thankful. You know, every morning when you get up and you have devotions, it's a light to your path, a lamp for you, gives you that direction you need in life. Aren't you thankful for the Bible? Yeah. Aren't you thankful? Aren't you thankful for the, the Holy Spirit? Think about where we would be without the Holy Spirit giving us that nudge during the day, telling us to speak or telling us to be quiet or telling us to, to do something. You know, where would we be without the Holy Spirit? Wow. And he, and he says, Jesus says, I'm going away, but I'm going to leave you somebody just like me to come along beside you and help you. We have a reason to be so thankful. Aren't you thankful for the Holy Spirit? Praise God. And Paul encourages us to be thankful. Listen to these verses in Colossians 2. Colossians 2, chapter, uh, verses 6 and 7. He says, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to live in obedience to Him. Let your roots grow down into Him and draw up nourishment from Him so you will grow in faith strong and vigorous in the truth you were taught and let your lives overflow with thanksgiving for all that he has done. Overflow. Not just be full of the Holy Spirit, but to overflow. You know, Jesus said, when the Comforter comes, he's going to live in you and there will be springs of living water. And so, and so, and he says here that that a thankful spirit should be something overflowing within us. Wherever we go in our society, we can change. We can change people when we go to the, to the gas pump. Being thankful. Going to the store, greeting people, the neighbors, work. We can be thankful. Thankful. Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 says, And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you were called to live in peace. And always be thankful. And always be thankful. This is a command. For you Spanish speakers, you read that. Es un mandato. It's direct. He says, be thankful. Paul is ordering the church. And that order is for us. It's a command for us today to be thankful. And not just to be thankful, he says, but be overflowing. Yeah, that's good. You, so, you see, we live in a world today that's ungrateful. And it's a sign that we live in an unbelieving world. There's so much ungratefulness in our world today. You, know, you don't hear the words thank you like you used to. And it's a characteristic of an unbelieving world. Paul says in Romans chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, he says, From the time the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky and all that the God made. They can clearly see His invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse whatsoever for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. You see, it's a characteristic of the world we live in. People aren't going to give him thanks. They're not going to worship him. And then later on, 
Uh, Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, he says it's a characteristic also that we're living in the last days. In verse 1 of 2 Timothy 3, he says, you should always also know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be difficult times. Are we, yeah, anybody have difficult times? Okay, we're living in those last days, aren't we? Okay. And then he says in verse 2, for people will love themselves and their money. Does that sound like today? They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. Ungrateful. It's a sign that we're living in the last days when this generation is ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. You see, having a thankful heart, even though we are living in an unbelieving world and living in the last days, having a thankful heart is a protection. It's like putting a hedge around our heart. And we need protection, folks. Because, see, there's a spirit in this world that would try to come in and envelop us and affect us. You know, have you ever seen somebody that's jealous? And they're afraid that they are going to lose something or someone, and they're jealous of it. And there's a jealous spirit. If you've ever been around somebody that has a jealous spirit. But you see, a thankful heart will protect you against a jealous spirit. It's like a hedge around you. You know, a thankful heart will also protect you from a critical spirit. When you have the, have the desire, man, it's so easy to be critical. I was telling the first service, we had, uh, we're driving through San Jose yesterday on the way here, on the way here, and we saw some things, and I just, I, people driving, people driving. Not everybody drives good in San Jose, I found that out. I saw some, I saw some things, but, but it's very easy to be critical, you know, and you, and you want to say, man, you know, these guys, you know, they need to learn, you know, and you really... You don't want to be critical. But I told Joy, I said, you know, you know what? I preach that we need to be thankful. And so if we're going to be thankful, we're not going to be critical. But when you, when you want to be critical against someone or something, whatever it is, but if you're thankful, it's like putting a hedge around you. Remember, remember to be thankful and you won't be critical. And being envious... You know, the, most of, a lot of what we see in commercials and, and advertisements, it's there to create um, discontentment. And they try to put an envious, envious spirit in our hearts so we feel like, well, we need to get rid of the old one so we can buy a new one. Or we already have a yellow one, but we, now we want a blue one. Or we, you know, and we, whatever it is, it just seems like there's something new coming out on the market, and everybody wants us, and we say, we, you know, you deserve that. 
you know, you deserve a break today. You know, get up and get away, you know. And it's, and it's, but the thing is, is, but when you have, uh, an envious spirit tries to get in and make you discontent, but a thankful spirit will protect you from being envious and wanting more and more and more. What is the best way to have a thankful heart? It says in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18, 19, and 20, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, let the Holy Spirit fill you and control you. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Then you will sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts, and you will always give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when you start singing hymns, you know, it's impossible to be in here and listen to what's going on in this stage and not be thankful. Man, you just go into a, diff- a different realm. And, and, but that same spirit can come down upon you at home. When you start giving a sacrifice of praise and you say, I'm not going to be down. I'm going to make a decision today. I want to be thankful. And you start singing. I wrote down those words to some of those songs this morning. I'm going to take them back to Portugal. (laughs) We're going to sing them there. I like it. A thankful heart changes the way you see the world. You see the world from a different perspective. A thankful heart shows you, shows that you have a satisfied life. Are you satisfied? A thankful heart shows that. It brings a supernatural peace. You know, where you live in a world that needs peace today, folks. Look at what's going on in this nation. Who would have ever thought 10 years ago what we're seeing today was going to happen? We, our, our marriages need peace. Our homes need peace. Our societies need peace. California needs peace. Politicians need peace. Everywhere you look, we're, we need peace. And Jesus tells us, or Paul tells us, the equation to have supernatural peace. You look here in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. You know, if you have time to worry, you have time to pray. Tell God what you need. And thank Him for all that He has done. If you do this, if you do those three things... You will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So what Paul is giving us here is like a mathematical equation. He says, you need peace? Don't worry. Plus, pray. Plus, be thankful. Plus, you do those three things, and supernatural peace will come in. But it has to do with being thankful. It has to do with being thankful. You need to take a step of faith. 
I want to tell you some reasons why I'm thankful today. I'm thankful for, I told the first service, my wife, nine years ago, she, she had cancer. And so they went in to see how extensive the cancer was. And they found out she had two cancers, two different kinds of cancers in her body. And, you know, she went through the surgeries. She went through the, the, the chemo and everything. And, and she has a beautiful bald head. <laughs> but, but she went through all that, and she came out the other side here nine years later. Wow. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. Every day is a gift. Every day is a gift. And we have so many reasons to be thankful. A while back, I was in church. I was asked to speak at the youth group in our church. And there was a person who came for the first time named Gisela. And I, after the service, I began to talk to her. And she wasn't saved. And, uh, and so I began to talk to her and and I began to talk to her just like I talk to people on the street. Used the same conversation, just went using the Ten Commandments, used the law, like kind of like Ray Comfort style. And started using the Ten Commandments. And as I talked to her about if she'd ever lied, if she, you know, ever stolen anything, if she'd ever disobeyed her parents, and and if God wasn't number one in her life. And, and when I was talking to her, the Holy Spirit just came down upon her. And she just began to cry. She just began to just, just crying everywhere. And, I mean, it was, but it wasn't me. It was just the Holy Spirit was doing it through the conviction of, of talking about sin. And she began to cry. And it was just a beautiful experience to just say, you know, just lead her right into Jesus, who wanted to forgive her of all those sins. And I took her to the cross, and, and she accepted Jesus Christ as her Savior. About three weeks later, we're doing an evangelism campaign in Akala, right near there where our church is. And she, here she comes, and she has a girl with her. And she comes up and she says, this is my sister, Noelia. And would you talk to Noelia the same way you talked to me the other day? <laughs> and so we sat down on a park bench, and we talked and did the same thing, you know. And tears started crying down her face. She started crying. And... God saved Noelia. And a, a, about six weeks later, she, they come to church, and they're, been, they're coming to church, and then all of a sudden, their parents become to church. Her, her parents come to church. And they meet us at the front do the door, and they say, well, we want to know what you've done to our daughters. Because they don't talk to us like they used to. Now they, they don't backtalk us like they used to. And, and they're changed. And we want to know what's, what you've done. What's gone on. And Jose and his wife, they came to know Jesus that day. <laughs> and then their little brother, Jose Jr., he came to know Jesus. The whole family today is in church. And you know, and as I, we sit right behind them and I see their hands raised... You know, I'm just so thankful. 
I, I was, the other day I was watching them, and, they were, and they've all been baptized, they've been discipled, and they're leaders in the church now. And, and, and I was just looking at that, and I was thinking, oh, God, you're so gracious. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We have so many reasons to be thankful. He's a life changer. We have a, a, a man who was 21 years in prison, and his name was Julian. From, he's a Spaniard. He was in drugs, and his life was a, a wreck. He was in prison for stealing. He was a thief. And uh, he, got, he came out of prison, went right back to the same lifestyle. And so he went to a Christian rehab center, kind of like what John was talking about here earlier today. And, uh, and so we, he went to a Christian rehab center, got wonderfully saved. And then he became part of our, he said, he came and he said, uh, you guys have the message that changed my life on the street. And he said, so I'd like to start working with you. I'm on the red box. And he was so timid, so quiet, and he's about 55 years old, never married, and uh, just so, <laughs> you just have to kind of see him. He's just so, so timid and quiet. But he said, but I have a testimony to tell. And he would make himself get up on the red box and just be shaking, you know. But he said, I have a story to tell. And he'd get up there and he'd start sharing his testimony about how he'd been in prison and how God, you know, just led him and changed his life and and now it can be for those people on the street too and then he started preaching and he uses this great we use illustrated sermons and so he has this great big gavel and he says i was once i was guilty but he says today i'm innocent because of what jesus christ did for me on the cross and and Julian today is one of our red box leaders. We have 60 red boxes around the world, and I'm so thankful for them. But he's one of our red box leaders, and he has a wonderful team. You might be here today, and you might say, I'm shy. I don't like to talk to anybody. He, let him put his finger on you. I tell you, he, can use, he uses anybody. He uses anybody to expand his kingdom. And he's leading people to Jesus. And... I'm so thankful for what God's doing, how he's raising up leaders. We have a, a man from Mexico that was in our ministry. His name was Mauricio. He came, uh, over, he came from Mexico City. He went over to Madrid. To, he was in the University of Madrid learning some things about advertising and stuff. He came by the red box one day. He heard us there. And God just changed his life. Heard the gospel message. He also was very timid. He, I remember the first time he came to the, he wanted to come up and he wanted to go into the prayer room, but he didn't want to go in. He was, stayed out in the hall and he just looked in. And I said, no, come on in, come on in. And we invited him in and, and began to pray with him. And the Holy Spirit just radically saved this man radically made him a, a, one of our key leaders in our ministry. And there was a, and he was just a, a matter of fact, he was baptized in the Puerto del Sol. He said, I want to be baptized. He said, the same place I was saved, that's where I want to be baptized. And he said, I want it to be a testimony for all these people. 
And so we took down a kiddie pool, and we filled it up with water on the Puerto del Sol. <laughs> and, and we so happened we had a team there right then. And all these people were just running water down, just gallon jugs of water. We filled this thing up. We put him down there, and we, we baptized him. He got up, and he testified in front of about 250 people how Jesus had changed him. And, and it was so wonderful. And there was a young lady that had come to work with us uh, in a short-term MAPS mission, uh, a missionary associate, and they fell in love. And uh, they got married. And today they're missionaries in Turkey. And uh, it's, it's wonderful to see what God has done in these lives of these people. <sighs> Hallelujah. We have, we have people who are now in Gambia, in Ecuador, people who have gotten saved in our ministry. You know, when there is a need, that's the time to be thankful. When there is a need, it is time to be thankful. Let's look at what Jesus did when there was a need. In John chapter 6, verse 9, it says, There is a, a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with such a huge crowd? Andrew asked. Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus ordered. So they all, all of them, the men alone, numbered 5,000. They sat down on the grassy slopes. In other words, Jesus was looking here at an impossible task. And in Mark and Luke, it says that Jesus looked towards heaven. And in verse 11 here, it says, of John 6, it says, And Jesus took the loaves, and he gave thanks to God. You know, he didn't ask for a miracle, because that's what he needed. But he didn't ask for it. He didn't ask that God would multiply the, the amount of bread and fish. But it says that he gave thanks. He gave thanks. And he passed them out to the people. And afterwards, he did the same with the fish. And they all ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, Now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets of scraps left over by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. When there's a need, that's when to be thankful. And sometimes we don't feel like being thankful when there's a need. But we need to be thankful. October 15th, 2000, October of 2015, middle of the month, one of the owners come to our property where we're renting there. We'd had a five-year contract in our prayer and evangelism training center right down in the heart of Madrid where 120,000 people a day walk across that plaza where we were evangelizing. And we're on the fifth floor up, and we were... I was, I was there teaching a class workshop on evangelism one day. The owner comes up, knocks, says... You guys are going to have to make a decision because we're not going to renew your five-year contract again. So you're either going to have to leave or buy, purchase this property. We went and got an appraisal. They said it was worth 850,000 euros. And so that was our dealing price. 
At that time, I was over the mission and over the missionaries in Spain, and so we bought this property, and I went in and signed this, signed my name, that we were going to pay 850,000 euros within the next 12 months. So we had 12 months we, to raise this money. <clears throat> Nobody had a million dollars. That's what it was worth, a million. That's what 850,000 euros is. And, and I was in the prayer room praying about it, and somebody came up and, and asked, said, you know, all you need is a thousand churches to give a thousand dollars, and that comes out to a million dollars. And I thought, man, sounds like a plan to me. I go home, and I call a first pastor in Arizona. I, call, I said, I'm going to start calling pastors, one after the other. The first pastor I call, he says, I like your idea. I'm going to send $1,000. And I thought, this is going to work. You know, I'm going to, we're going to get in here and we're going to work. And, 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 it, and when he was said that, I thought, man, you know, 999 more to go, but we're going to get this done. <laughs> and I, I hang up the phone, and it's just like conviction comes down over me. He says, God says, that's not the way I want to do this. I don't want you calling pastors. And so I go and I talk to the director of our ministry, Jacob Bach. And we're, because we started this ministry together, on the Red Box together. And he said, I tried to call somebody and they turned me down flat. He said, I'm, uh, he said, we need to pray. We, we, got, we started going into the prayer room, started praying. We felt like God really gave us a word to not call anybody. Just be thankful. And so we did four things that we, three of those things we've been doing all along. Pray, we prayed in our prayer room, four to seven every day, just like always. And then we went out and evangelized on the street, seven to ten, like always. And we started evangelizing. I mean, we started a, a training up evangelists, like always, except we even did more. We started an online school because he really put that in our heart to do that. And God started blessing, and we said, we're just going to make everything free on our online school. And within just a few months, 1,500 students were there from all over the, from all over the world. And, but he told us one more thing. He said, I want you to be thankful. Be thankful. Give me thanks. So we, every day, for a year, every day, we would go into the prayer room and we'd pray four to almost ten till seven. And we, during that time of prayer, we'd pray about all the needs, like always, all the red boxes around the world and the evangelism teams and everything that's going on, the prayer on the, the ministry on the street. And we'd pray and then say, okay, everybody stand up. We're going to raise our hands towards heaven and we're going to give thanks that he's going to supply the need for this ministry. Amen. And we started doing it just physically. Sometimes we didn't feel like doing it. But we started just giving him thanks. And as we did that, money started coming in. And the money just started flowing in from eight different countries. 
And at the end of 11 months, 750,000 euros had come in. And that's, that's a lot of money, folks. And, and nobody picked up a phone and called anybody. And, and, and in our newsletters, we just said, give thanks. Be th- we're just thankful for what God's doing. We had a chart there. Give thanks. Just thank. We're thankful, thankful, thankful. But we still had 100,000 left to go. And I asked, I asked Jacob, I said, what are we going to do this last 100,000? You know, we have 30 days. $100,000, 30 days. I don't have it. You don't have it. You know, what are, what are we going to do? And, and he calls me about 29 days before the limit. And he says, uh, I just got another phone call. Somebody sent in 100000 I was just blown away. I was just blown away. Last year, I saw a miracle. I saw a miracle. And I found out God is not worried that much about money. You know what he's worried about? Obedience. He's worried. That's what he's concerned about. He wants us to be obedient and do what he says. We go in that prayer room and raise our hands, and sometimes we didn't feel like giving him thanks. So where's this money going to come from, God? You know, we're just doing what you said. But, you know, I, I, I felt like the people were going around the walls of Jericho, you know, and the walls were still there, you know, six times. But the seventh time, the walls came down. And that was what happened with us. Now all the money came in. And in fact, another 70000 on top of that came in. And we were able to go into our prayer house and completely soundproof it because we pray loud. And we, we stomp our feet sometimes. And we're on the fifth floor. And on the fourth floor is an office full of lawyers. And they didn't like that. And, and so we, we completely soundproofed this started we did that this last three months, and the first week of September, we're going to have the dedication of all that. Isn't that wonderful? Aren't you thankful? I'm so thankful. And I don't know what you're, what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you today. And if you're here today, and you say, I'm not thankful. I'm not thankful. Well, it's probably because you're not a Christian. And you need to get your heart right with Jesus. You know, Jesus, he has that ability to go into you and take out that stone-cold heart and put in a heart full of him. And he'll give you a thankful heart. And if you don't know Jesus today, today's the day. Today is the day of salvation, Paul said. Don't wait till tomorrow. Tomorrow is only on a fool's calendar. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to make that decision. And if you don't know him today, make that decision. before. Don't leave, don't leave these doors without making a decision to follow Jesus. Turn from ser- serving yourself. Be like Noelia, Gisela. Turn from serving yourself and put your faith in Jesus Christ. He wants to give you a thankful heart. He wants to give you a thankful heart. Maybe you're here today and the Lord is speaking to you about missions. I'd like to pray with you about that too. I'd like to talk with you personally about that. Could we stand? I'd just like to pray with you.
If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, if you don't know Jesus, I just want you to take your hand, just put it over your heart. Put it over your heart right here. If you don't know him, just put it over your heart. I want to pray for you. Jesus, you're in the house. And you love to forgive. That's what you came to this world to do, is forgive sinners of their sin. Of their sin. And Lord, we've all been there. We've all made this decision. But Lord, if there be anybody in this congregation today that's not thankful, that doesn't have a thankful heart, God, only, only you can change the heart. Nobody else can. I just pray, Jesus, right now, as they're make, taking a step of faith and they're going to re- repent of their sins and they're going to put their faith in you and they're going to stop serving themselves and they're going to stop serving, they're going to start serving you. God, do a miracle in their lives right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, do it now. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CWC Bay Area.